0: The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top tier lineup of food right to your door, just like a Murillo Crossfield ball. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win? Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery free in terms apply, see McDonald's.com.
1: The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. they are there to listen without judgment or pressure 24 7 365 days of the year let's all take a moment to talk more than football
2: this podcast is proud to be part of the talk sport fan
1: network talk sport powered by fans
3: Hello and welcome to this week's edition of Red Side of the Trent. I'm back taking up the hosting duties for this one after seeing Jed Spence's clean sheet against PSG, and I'm joined on this one by Adam Wicklow and Christian Brown. No Lee Clark, unfortunately, for this one. Um, after Tom Head's rallying cry last week, which I really did enjoy when listening back to that episode, so no game for Forest to see with the international break upon us, but which usually does divide a bit of a hindrance, but I know for me personally, and definitely for Forrest, it has come at an ideal time. And that leads me on swiftly to my first question. So this one's for both of you. So whenever you want to come in, just come in. Um, Before the break got on the way, we saw Moussa Niacarte return from a long-term injury against Newcastle, which until stoppage time went fairly okay. Um, very dramatically downhill in stoppage time. Cech um, Kukiyate... And Tyre a one year back in training. We've not seen either then since the World Cup for Kiarte when he got injured for Senegal. In January for a one year where he got injured at Southampton away. So, if they are ready to go in terms of fitness, I know obviously you can't be match fit without playing games. I mean, would you be looking to stick them back in or would it be a gradual phase to build up some match
2: fitness? We'll start with you then, Christian. It's a interesting one, isn't it? I think if we are in a better position, we might be able to maybe phase them in a bit more easier. Like as cheeses kind of thing. That's it, yeah. I, I wouldn't be surprised to see Kiyato straight back in the mix. I think Taiwo maybe not, just because, you know, I think even if we switch back to our usual formation, I wouldn't be surprised to see Dennis hold his shirt or even you hold the shirt, really, on um, that sort of has that left forwards. So I think, yeah, Probably fair enough, but I think given our problems in the midfield recently, I think Kuyate would come straight back in, and then even if it's for an hour, like you know, by that stage we could be in a position where we're you know, at that stage you know, in control of the game hopefully, and who knows what on the course of three points might need three points too. So I think Kuyate is the one that i would expect to come back in if he's available, but I think with um, Taiwo he might be a bit more patient for now, unless of course you know Dennis or I you have absolute shockers against Wolves and then Sunday it's getting back on immediately but no they both a big, huge boost when they come back in because they're both very important to how we play What about you Adam?
4: It's such an unusual one isn't it because I think Kiati is someone that is a battler he's well experienced I think someone mentioned I think probably Tom mentioned about someone having the experience in the Premier League he's got what over 300 appearances between Crystal Palace and West Ham wasn't it so uh, you you definitely think he'd be amongst the squad, whether he starts or not, is is to be questioned because Steve Cooper seems to really favour John Joe Shelby at the moment, and that I'm I'm still a bit unsure about how he kind of fits in, whether he fits in with someone that can run for him, whether that's a two or or, or a one. But I do think, yeah, I think uh, Christian's right about or uh, wouldn't he not maybe getting a start, but probably can, can come off the bench and cause a fair few problems. Against anyone really in this division, we know what kind of chaos he can can bring, uh, and and Emmanuel Dennis is kind of warranted keeping his shirt at the moment, and he kind of still works within that system of playing a wide striker if you if you want to call it that, where he, him and Johnson can kind of drift and gives White can kind of drift into that spot or whatever if you want to refer back to it. But I think it's it's a good headache to have, isn't it? I mean, when I don't think we've had a fully strength side this season at all so I mean the first time Steve Cooper's probably going to have a major headache but a nice one I guess
3: I forgot he played for West Ham Cuyarte. Um, glad you reminded me of that yeah I think with the experience as well something what is would be good to add is he's. I know for Palace he's been pretty much down at the bottom end of the table as well so I'm sure he's aware of like all the furore in regards to being amongst the relegation battle I guess um, you know, John Joe Shelby is something I said after the Fulham game where I thought it's shown in that game enough to be in the team. I haven't really seen that ever since. I must, I must say. Um, I think if to be honest, it it, it we've got to a point where really we're going to have to try and go back to basics, as Cooper did earlier on in the season. And to be honest, I, I'd be looking at Yates, Froiler and Quiattes that middle three, just solidifying it. I think. Ever since Ryan Yates has not been in the side, Remo Froil has massively suffered because I thought them two actually combined really well together with Yates' energy and Freuler's probably experience. So, as you say, Adam, it gives um it gives Cooper some food for thought, that's for sure. But um, we'll have to see come Saturday, who will be in there. Um so before we come on to the the Wolves game with Wolves fan cast. Um, <laughs> let's address the elephant in the room, which is season cards or tickets if you're a football purist like myself. So, Forrest announced the prices for the 23 24 season this week via email for those that are lucky enough this season to have season tickets, um, like myself. Um, there's still actually nothing official from the club on its official social media. So, that is a bit odd, I guess. But then again, I'm not sure if any season tickets are going to be made available for sale. Now that the the main standards isn't going ahead, I I have no idea what's happening. So we'll just run quickly through some of the changes. So roughly a standard adult ticket, there's been about a 20% rise across the board. I mean, the main issue what I've read off Twitter really seems to be remo- the removal of the 18 to 23-year-old bracket. So, for example, if you was 21, last season in A block, for example, would have been £150 a season ticket. Now you'd be paying £640. So that, that equates to a £490 increase, which works out at over 300% of a rise, which, yeah, you know, there is the argument, obviously, of... We've had it good for so long and, you know, all that. But, yeah, that is a massive percentage of a rise, I must say. I mean, it's been the talk of Twitter all week amongst the fan base. I mean, every fan seems to have an opinion on it, whether you've got a season ticket, whether you've not. So, with us being a fan's podcast, you know, let's go through it with you guys. I'll start with you, Adam. What, what do you make of it? I mean,
4: I... I can't really speak for everyone's situation. Everyone's different. Whether you're a senior or 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 young, or you're a young fan going with your dad, or or even like a young adult kind of thing. So it's kind of I'm probably going to give you a politician's answer almost, if you want to if you want to call it that. But I can't really speak for everyone. for For me personally, it wouldn't. It doesn't. It wouldn't be that bad if I was a season ticket holder. I'm fortunate to be a bronze member and still be able to go to games if I get if I get on the... On the queue quick enough for games, or or I'm lucky enough to use someone's gold membership, like Christians, or someone can't go on the season card. Obviously, don't tell the club that. But um, <laughs> uh, so so yeah, for, for me personally, it wouldn't wouldn't bother me. But I think you mentioned in the chat, Reese, it would have been better if they increased it slightly this season, and then and then look to do it again for next season if we're staying it up. That I think the alarming thing is if if we go down, the club have said that it's going to probably stay. But like you say, if they've not kind of made it go live yet, are they kind of trying to suss things out and and kind of test the waters? Well, and it, see what, what they been emailed
3: is? to everybody. So you know, the obviously in pre-season there was a lot of fraud wanting about the away memberships and they, they stood the the ground to be fair yeah. to them on that. So
4: I think I think the the obviously the the big one is is what they're doing to the young adults and and that rise is ridiculous. I mean, like if you're an 18 19 20 year old 21 you're either an apprentice or or you're a student majority of the time and and or, or if you're lucky enough to be able to afford that kind of thing then then fair enough you fell on your feet really well but majority of the people I'd say and I'm mean, not going not to speak for everyone but I, w- I would like to guess that they can't afford that kind of rise even like paying the whole thing off in installments is still probably a lot of money for some of it for most of those people but yeah, and I, I, I'm not sure for quite. I'm not really like seeing the people saying like, "Oh, if you can't afford it, don't buy it, or cut back on all these things, and and etc." Like, I mean, everyone's everyone's in a difficult situation. I mean, the cost of living crisis is absolutely bonkers as it is. So you know, I, I'm kind of sitting on the fence. But yeah, I, I think there's obviously some bad, and there's some there's some okay, I guess. But I'll let Christian chime in.
2: Yeah, what do you think, Christian? It's yeah, I mean. I'm gonna try and be as balanced as possible. I mean, that probably won't go very well, but I will try. <laughs> I mean, on the face of it, I mean, assuming Forest stay in the Premier League, I think it'll be the third cheapest season ticket in the country. I've got which on second the second
3: fa- on here, just Brentford below, but you might be right. Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah. yeah so on the face of that, that's why like, that obviously that is very good. However, there's a very big however. What I mean like Adam touched upon, it it's absolutely insanity to expect people to pay those prices as we go down. Like, I mean, if I think what Leeds have done is very sensible with it, Leeds have announced a rise on their season tickets for this year. But they've said that you know, if we get relegated, you'll get money back and it will revert back to this year's prices, which I think is relatively fair enough. You know, obviously, you're not going to pay top whack to watch likely Plymouth and Preston as you know we, as we keep saying it's always those two teams isn't it a two-piece always um, Preston <laughs> No one really likes <laughs> but it is a fair point I mean like you know you're not you're not dining at the top table anymore it seems a bit unfair to expect people to pay that the issue I mean so on the face of it yes I think I don't think it's particularly unreasonable to have the rises that they are however as Adam's alluded to what is very unsettling is how these young people had like the rug just yanked under their feet I mean you know, that's an ex- ex- exceptional amount of money, really, like for anyone, really. Like if you're, like, like says, an apprentice or whatever else. And, you know, it's it's a lot to fork out for. And even if doing it monthly, it's a lot to fork out for. And, yeah, so I, I really have a lot of sympathy for those between 18 and 23, especially those who, like... I mean, obviously, if you're 23 going into this season, you're in the last year, you kind of expect... You know, going into it, you're going to be mm-hmm. like, OK, we've got the rise this year. OK, make the most of my last year sort of thing. But for those who are, like you know 20 or whatever and you know going into their third year at university and you know are lucky enough to have a season ticket for us and may have been for some time for example you know gone with you know, the classic family route and then obviously gone with their mates or you know staying with their family etc cetera, etc cetera. and yeah I'll out that much it just seems very very yeah it's, it's a, it is a bad taste really and um yeah I don't think it's good like you know we've been through a lot of crap this football club over the last year. All these people, like, you know, this is probably their first year being in a Premier League for most of these young people. To expect them to pay for their nose, that is wrong. And, yeah, again, like Adam alluded to, some of the fucking honking Tory, you know, <laughs> I'm, what's it, I'm alright, Jack takes that we've heard are just fucking like, boring. Like, it's a complete lack of empathy just because it was shit for you doesn't mean it has to be shit for everyone else it doesn't work like that so yeah I do have a lot of sympathy for those uh, younger people and hopefully the club probably do something about it and resolve it but as you touched upon with the away membership it doesn't really seem likely
3: yeah I must say I've kind of turned to a little bit of a socialist apology last year or so (laughs) (laughs) but um yeah I saw that Brian Clough clip the other day where he's like you know i work hard so i have a nice house and I have a nice car and i believe other people who work hard should have nice things as well and
2: that's exactly like, it and like, yeah. it's, it's silly as well that most of the people who are like are saying like you know they start from their ivory towers like you know thought like in their mid-30s or mid-40s etc they've got like mortgages and stuff to pay like more often than not, they worship at the altar of Brian Clough, and Brian Clough was, you know, a staunch socialist. So it's like, very at odds with what he believed. With it's a very hypocritical thing with it. Well, then again, this is why people say don't mix football and politics. Yeah. But by and large, I, I yeah, I mean the be all and end of it is that young people have been shafted. The club shouldn't have done it. On however, that sides when it's very big. However, I don't think the rise is particularly unexpected or out of line. Yeah, I mean, I'm very much with that stance. Don't mix football and politics.
3: But as you grow older, as I have, (laughs) you just realise they can't really be separated. They just, you know, it just happens. Um, There will be people out there who even say having a poppy on your shirt nowadays is political. So, you know, it always does fall in line with things, unfortunately. I think, as always, I think, you know, we've said this on the pod, haven't we? I mean, I think this is pretty much across the whole fan base. Forest communication with the fans is pretty poor, I think that's something as good as you know this regime has been for what they've done over the last year this, the communication with the fans hasn't ever really been too good. I guess this is just some of the points that I'll put down. You can kind of look at it as. Um, you know, inflation's about ten percent into at the minute, and yet Forest are putting it up twenty percent. So if you if they would have kind con- kind of gone in line with inflation, you might have said, "Well, fair enough." You know, go on, Christian.
2: I I just find it very interesting that the club made a note of saying again, like oh. After di- even after dialogue with the Nottingham Forest Supporters Trust that we're just going to completely ignore everything they said. And again, like I said, I-, I actually dug up the clip on Twitter like a year ago when after the warm-up debacle the where you know you had Forest fans stranded at you know, is it Dean Court or the Vitality, yeah, whatever it's called sevens, these yeah. days, at like three or four o'clock and the, the Club Supporters Trust just like, like basically throwing the issue up in the, end, up in the air and walking away from it, hoping it lands somewhere and having a deal of it then. And a year on, they're still just completely as fucking inept as they were then. You know, just like I said at the time, until you have a supporters' trust that hold the club to account and don't roll over for them and actually put out stuff, actually put out statements to go, we don't, we do not agree with this in any way, shape or form. We think the club's acting in a bad way. Then you won't get a supporters' trust that the club respects or even acknowledges. They're just pushovers, and that's why I, I it's, it's, it's embarrassing, really. Like you know. Obviously, we don't want this to be a negative pub because we've got a big, big thing, low you know, coming up. Uh, uh, the last final straight of the season, we need to, everyone behind the team. But you know, we talk about Forest being on and off the pitch. As the new podcast, though, know, much like the um, bit like the Office, isn't it? Like, oh, you're still thinking the bad news, aren't you? And. You know, we're not are we you know we don't have like hot, wa- hot water <laughs> in the toilet from the city ground we don't have a supporters trust that holds things to account like okay yeah we've got a very ambitious um board and owner who you know want to spend big and fair play to flat. and like you know it's something we're eternally grateful for because they've gotten out of some mess we are stuck in for 23 years but you know just because things are good doesn't mean you can't also want things to be good in other areas as well and yeah, I think that's where some people fall down on this. Like, I, I see some people sort of say like, oh, you know, like, you're always hacking the club, or you're attacking the owners if you say things like season ticket prices are unjust or and it's, that's not the case at all. Like, we just want things that are fairer for people. We want like, you know, facilities that people can use. There's always a good building a brand new spanking sand as and when, if it happens. But was that going to have cold water as well in the main sands? <laughs> like... Yeah, you know, there are these are problems. Like even you know, like we said before, the side of the Trent Engine Someone get, get a fucking jet jet wash down, just spray it. I don't care the covers. just do it. Like come on, <laughs> like it's just small things like that that just you know they go little, a long way, don't they? They go a massive long way. Like even the seats, like the seats towards like you know where they've gone pink from years in the sun. Just is it, does it does it take that much? Just to make the most coat of red Like you know we're not asking for like to sign and We just want some nicer out environment. Like, you, you just you just yeah. want
4: you just want them to care for the. For the club and like yeah, look after it in, yeah. like, make I, it as good as I, it possibly can. Which
2: but... yeah, I get they care with their bank budget. I get they care about checkbook, and they care about signings, they put on the pitch. That's fine, fair enough. But you know, it it goes beyond the eleven forest players that pull on the red shirt and run out every three o'clock every Saturday. I still Which think. It...
4: Go on, go on, Adam. I still think it's a bit balmy that how much people are paying to sit in the main stand when one we want to knock it down and rebuild, and two it's, it is
3: a bloody tin shed in it. Let's face it
2: Yeah, <laughs> what, I thin think. Shed, though.
3: Yeah. <laughs> a great tin shed, but It'll yeah, some, the main stands, yeah. Get some great atmosphere. I mean, I'm of that opinion. I mean, I'd love to see a brand spanking new stand, but having sat in there for cup games and that, um, you can get some great atmospheres in there. I sat in there for when we beat Derby in the League Cup and that, and with it being that little tin shed, you can get a really good atmosphere in there. And, I mean, the ownership had done some good things to the ground. I mean, I remember them painting the stanchions at the back of the Bridgeford stand like a new shade of red, and everyone like loved it on Twitter. And as we said, like, then little things go a long way. I remember, Even the
2: tunnel now, the tunnel, yeah, the tunnel, no, as we're going to
3: come on to. I mean, they put. I remember the first season. I think we took over. They had all brand new advertising boards. They obviously put all the trophies um, on the advertising boards. They had the brand new um, top banner of the Brian Clough stand. So <laughs> that I think that Trent and um, stands needed jet wash for for years, and I think that is a proper little OCD grind from the fan base. I mean, for me as well, I look at when you're walking over Trent Bridge and I still love that walk and driving over it. That even with work, I still always look at the ground and that. And I just think it'd be so nice to have like the brand, the pretty much recent up-to-date forest badge on the side with the stars and just little things like that. But um, you know, a couple of more of my points, what I just jotted down. You know, we have been fortunate, really, that the prices have been so good, but I think it has been that, you know, taking that bracket out and what's caused most of the problem because of the percentage of the increase. I mean, it is, I know we are on the, this was from the Athletic stats, we are still in the bottom two of prices in the league, but it kind of is hard, really, to compare because there's so many London clubs for a start in the Premier League. There's also, you've got, Man United, City, Liverpool in the northwest, West are all massive clubs. You know, now Newcastle are pumping in a lot of money. So it is kind of hard to compare, I guess, with obviously people in London being on more money, etc. And, you know, it is something the club been really proud of is the affordability um, of tickets. I know that's something, weirdly, Derby fans have given the Forrest grief over the years for. Um But from a business perspective, you know, I'm a businessman myself, you know, not on Marinakis's level, obviously, but, you know, the the demand for tickets, it's probably got to a point where they think, well, if that guy doesn't renew, someone else will have it, which from a business point of view is, you know, how it is, I guess, so it just seems they haven't really got that middle ground. And like I say, the lack of communication with fans. Um, I generally think if they'd put it up in line with inflation for adults, so 10%, so that would have been, that would have been about 45 quid, I think on my season ticket and also kept that 18 to 23 brackets and maybe put 10% inflation on that, which would have probably took it up, you know, or even put it up 150 to 200, for example, I don't. I don't think them w- would have gone down too well. Um, I think it would have gone down a lot better, should I say? But um, I'm not sure whether that's um, a circle the club can square. But we'll sit. We'll see um, over the next week or so, I guess. Because me and you, Christian, said that it wouldn't surprise me if they did do a U-turn on it. Because, like we've said, there is actually nothing official on social media in terms of an article or anything. It's just been emailed to season ticket holders. So we did we did do a Twitter poll on this, um, which was pretty much level for all the three options. Which was, do you agree with the changes? Yes, no. Some yes, some no. Um, so that's the way it goes. But there was a few people who sent in uh, some replies. So I read them out. So Mark, it. Will- would be much easier to take if a club were ran like a Premier League club elsewhere. Zero sponsorship income, millions wasted on unsuitable players, no sense of strategy in medium and long term, no transparency on new stand. Jimmy, the 20% raise is still reasonable for a Prem team. The scrapping of a whole age category with no real warning is rather steep. I'd have increased it over two years to get people into it, which is kind of what I said. Uh, John, season ticket prices have been kept low by successive owners for most of this century. Once promoted, there, there was always going to be a readjustment with an and Should we go down? I'm surprised it didn't happen last year. I feel for those suffering most, but this is reality. Um, Grant Fellows, it's a big height for some, but still reasonable for the Premier League. They've been kept low for quite a while. They're kicking a knack as if they did go down though, as expensive for championship football. That's what you said, Christian. Um, Ian Orsop, Got the 18 age bracket, but come on, 22, 23 is an adult. I know lads that age are more money than me, and I'm I'm 44, and we're paying way less for better seats than I do. My season card. Welcome to paying adult prices and adult life is shit. Well... (laughs) Yeah, under this government it is, it does seem. Um, Martin Frett, well, the 20% rise for adults is fair, but the 300% on young adults that are in further education with no warning is shocking. It may be Premier League football, but it's still the same shite facilities at the city ground. (laughs) Yeah, the the snow-hot-water debates. I must say, I'm I'm kind of laughing at that. And then finally, Will, mine is not so bad, but my lads have gone up from 45 to 190. I'd have rather had... Rather, they had increased this season, so it's a gradual increase. However, we survive and 740 for two of us in the Prem is worth it for me, especially if we improve the squad. And then he also put, however, we aren't going down, aren't we? Well, fingers crossed. I hope we're not, because we all want to stay at this level, don't we? So,
1: The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around, Let's all take a moment to talk more than football.
0: Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home advantage with McDelivery. You win? Order now on McDonald's app at participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery free. In terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.
3: Just a break in play to give a plug to my business. This is Reece off the pod. I have my own courier business, RL Delivery Service. I do local and GB deliveries, good rates, fully insured. So give me a message on, it's RL Deliveries on Twitter. You can find it in my bio, which is um, Reece, spelled R-E-I-S-S-N-F-F-C. Or I'm also on Facebook. Book at RL Delivery Service. So if you do need anything moving, give me a message and I'd be more than happy to help. After all that, we are going to come on to the big six point on Saturday at the City Grant as Wolves visit trent side for the second time this season. And to do that, we are joined by Dan from Wolves Fancast. Dan, how are you, bud?
5: Evening, James. You are more good. Um... Just want this international break to finish as quickly as possible. I had a bit of a chat with uh, Wicklow on the DMs and I'm, I'm one of those football fans that literally hates international break. Wars have disappointed me enough over the years. I don't need England doing it on top.
3: <laughs> well, I mean, I'm a, a massive England fan, so I've got double disappointment with Forrest in England. So um, at least Forrest obviously produced last year for once rather than England's obviously World Cup exit. So, you know, let's jump straight into it. So, as we speak in now, Wolves are 13th in the Premier League. There are three places above Forest, yet only a point separates the two sides. And we also got, have a game in hand, which is after yourselves on Tuesday night as we visit Leeds United. So, I mean, that just reaffirms how tight it is at the bottom of the table, if, if you have forgotten during this international break. Plenty of nails, I'm sure, to be bitten, um, which will be start on Saturday afternoon. So Wolves have changed their manager this season, Dan. Bruno Large was given the marching orders and after a lengthy chase, Wolves finally got their man in ex-Spain and Real Madrid manager Julian Lopetegui. I mean, was you happy with that appointment and what have you made of the Spaniards so far?
5: Oh, massively. You look at the guy's sort of resume before us. Um, managed Spain, Real Madrid, won the Europa League with Sevilla. He's got Sevilla in the, in the Champions League. I think it was three out of four years in a row for... A club like Sevilla isn't sort of recognisably um massive in the in La Liga and the, the history of the of the competition. It's you look at his resume, he's the greatest manager that we've had. He's just he's got to be backed in the summer, but we need to get um winter and winter at the way first. We need to we need to stay up. That's that's the big thing. If we don't stay up as no point, um I don't even know where this club ends up if we get relegated this summer.
3: What has your like, form really been like since Locker Teague's come in? Has it been a mixed bag, I think, our luck in earlier? Is that fair to oh, say?
5: Massively. We started great. I think we had sort of um, one and a half point, 1.5 or two points every every other game under him when we first started, I think, the first 10 or 11 games under him. But we've won one in the last six. It's it's a bit worrying at the moment. you look at the league table, it's literally three teams from nine that are, that are fully in this relegation bowl, And... Um, I, I wouldn't want to bet on who's who's going to get relegated at the moment. Everyone keeps saying Bournemouth. Bournemouth keep picking up wins. Uh, Southampton, Ruben says has gone in. That They've started picking up points. I don't think there's literally one team who's guaranteed to go down at the moment.
3: Yeah, I, t- I totally agree with that. I think we were all earlier on in the season saying, you know, Bournemouth was a certainty, But I think they stopped that barren run by beating yourselves, didn't they, at Um, Molyneux? I remember that being a surprise result because I think a few weeks earlier, literally thumped Liverpool, was it 3-0 at home? So it it, it is very championship-like at the bottom that everyone seems to be picking up results when you don't, Expect them to pick up results like you say. Southampton went to Chelsea the other week and won. I remember us earlier on in the season. I think we'd gone eight to nine without a win, and then we beat Liverpool. So it's certainly going to be um, some running to the end. And it, I mean, I'd be genuinely amazed if it don't go down to the last day. I think there's going to be somebody go down on the last day. Um, I mean, this season has provided a lot of talk between Forrest and Wolves because in the summer, we we did sign two players from you in Willie Bolly and Morgan Gibbs-White. I mean, what are your thoughts on them as players? <laughs> I will ask you personally after the League Cup game question on Morgan's antics, but um, would you have liked to keep either of them, kept either of them, or was it good business for yourselves, would you say?
5: On paper, good business. Um. I feel it was Bruno Large trying to um stamp his authority on on the squad. Obviously, like Conor Cody go, Romain Saiz go, Willie Bolly go, Leander Dendonka go. Those were sort of four quite consistent players during Nuno Espirito Santo's reign at the club. Um, Morgan Gibbs-White was just too good too good a, a transfer fee to turn down. He, he might go on to be a world beater. He might go on to be a, a nice sort of, mid-table Premier League midfielder, which I think he'll end up at. I think he he'll be sort of um Edward sort of categorise him. I was, I was gonna say Ruben loft his cheek level, but he's better he'll, he'll be better than that because Ruben's completely fell off a cliff, hasn't he? I think he'll be a really good solid mid I eight for ninth place Premier League side midfielder. I think he's got he's got bundles of talent. Um like I said on on paper the money we got for Morgan Gibbs White with the initial outlay that you you you've provided Wolves enabled us to sign Mateus Nunes, which hasn't really gone great. But you look at the sort of potential Mateus Nunes was being reported. Our know, Pep Guardiola was talking about him being the, you know, the best young mid- midfielder in the world at the time. So um, disappointed to see Morgan go because he has got talent. Obviously came from through from the academy, but I think he's mentioned it himself that he didn't want to be seen as that kid from the academy anymore and obviously he's, he's he's probably your best player is now on on paper now? definitely got definitely to up there yeah so um it's it's good for him that he's got a a consistent starting place and he's he's actually been he's massively loved by your fan base whereas he was he was sort of 50-50 with with, with the Wolves fan base on our appreciation of morgan Do you think that
3: 50-50 love is because he's come through the academy? Because we've got quite a few players who've been like that. We kind of got one at the minute in Ryan Yates, who is absolutely adored by a section. And there was also um, a section of the fan base who were really sceptical. We had another one in Ben Osborne, who now plays for Sheffield United, who's very much like that. Do you think that is because he's come through the
5: academy or am I just going on what Forrest's perspective is? No, I think it's um, a perceived... Attitude that comes with Morgan, with sort of social media, his, his girlfriend, um, sort of murmurs of attitude, problems outside of the club in regards to bars and restaurants that he's frequented. It's, I think he's, he's starting to mature in age now, obviously, captain in England yesterday at the under-21s level. He's obviously matured since leaving Wolves and um, I wish him the best luck, just not in the games against us. <laughs> I That's want to just enough. jump
4: in if I can, Reese. Yeah, of course you can, mate. Obviously, uh, Dan, recently, um, I mean, your your form has been hit and miss. I mean, do you put that down to the lack of goal scoring? Because you don't lack creating chances, but I think you may be a, lack, a goal scorer this season. Would you agree or disagree on that?
5: We're just like the equivalent of um, a guy who's really good at foreplay with our no penis.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I like that. I mean, I mean, the last game was a bit chaotic. I mean, you, the the consistency in refereeing, I think, I wrote on Twitter is is astonishing because against Newcastle United, we don't get one looked at for a potential foul on, on Andre Ayu in the build up to Newcastle's first goal, and then the refs go and look at a potential foul on Adama Terore, uh and Leeds go and score, and the referee just completely ignores it. So, and then and then it all just kicks off. Obviously, I think uh, Nunes got sent off on on the substitute, but has that been rescinded now, hasn't
5: it? Rescinded, yeah. It's just a, a catalogue of embarrassments from the from the referee at the moment. Both of our clubs are in a victim mentality at the moment. We both need to get out of that because, you know, it's, it's still 11. You like to think it's 11 versus 11 most weeks, but you sort of look at the, the goals that we conceded against Leeds. It doesn't matter how bad the referee was. It's you, You've got to look at yourselves first and get it right. Um, I, I'm I can't really work out how the refs are going to play this game next weekend because refs hate both of our clubs apparently on paper yeah we
3: we'll both complain not we?
5: yeah so, in, um... the 90 minutes might get played out eh? because of just var um just sendings off or something just madness it's I don't, I don't want to get into the victim thing because we, we should... football tribalism literally brings out the worst in football fans it's you can't have a conversation with people on social media because if a decision goes against their club or for their club, there's the blinkers just come on and you just can't have a proper conversation. There's no football fan out there that can tell me that we shouldn't have had a penalty against Newcastle when Nick Pope takes Jimenez out. SO.
3: Yeah,
5: it's, definitely. It's and, you, and you look at the sort of... Um, we, we should have had a penalty against Leeds as well. It would have been soft. I, I, I can agree. It would have been soft. But then you see the penalty that Southampton got against Safe, uh, Spurs... It's exactly the same there's just no consistency from referees and i, I don't know how you get around it var was supposed to uh, come in to stop clearing obvious errors but all it's done is just bringing more distrust against officials every football fan wants every single second of the game played with var in in sort of effect to, to help their team the majority of football fans 99 of the time would accept a referee getting a a, 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 sm- a small margin decision wrong, but VAR now it's just it's, it's just it, it's brought more distrust. We I don't know about you guys on your channel, but the majority of our episodes now we're speaking about VAR. It's we don't even talk about football anymore. Yeah, it has been recently, hasn't it? <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah, we we talk about referees and VAR pretty much every week. Um, you know, we had one early on in the season against Brentford where <clears throat> their player at Dean Henderson literally Henderson, I think brushed his sock. They played and took it around him and put it wide. It didn't even appeal yet. The VAR got involved and told the referee to go to the screen and they gave it a penalty when we was, we was pretty comfortable in that game and it changed the game. Um, we, we have been, like you said, we obviously had a mention there with the IU foul last week which Forrest put a bit of a spiteful post on social media but we're the same as you on this pod, we have to look at ourselves because we, we're literally leaving people unmarked in the box and the scoring. So you can't really keep on blaming referees from that. But um, so like you say, it will be interesting um, this Saturday because I, I do sense it being a bit tasty, to be honest, with obviously the bit of um, commotion between us, what's happened in the season. Did you want to add anything, Christian?
2: Yeah, just quickly on... um, it's. You mentioned, obviously, about the lack of goals at Wolves. It just seems to be, obviously, a big problem. But am I right in saying that, you know, you spent probably combined £17 million on Guedes and Fabio Silva, neither of whom at the club anymore? So do you have any, like, major issues about, like, the club's recruitment strategy? Because it doesn't seem... I mean, obviously, I know it gets a lot of flack for signing anyone and everyone, but equally, it doesn't exactly seem to be that good at Wolves either.
5: No, but I think you sort of look at our January recruitment and you you can see that with... Sort of shifted the goalpost from the the Jorge Mendes Meriagar round that Wolves have been on for the last four or five years. Um, Fabio Silva, I still think could go on to be a good Premier League level striker. He's only twenty years old. This is in good form for PSV at the moment. Gonzalo Gredes, in my opinion, was um, blackmailed into coming to Wolves by Jorge Mendes. It's he, he he clearly didn't want to join the club. it. it when he did, like, there was a bit of an unveiling of um, Gonzalo Guedes where the sort of cameras followed him around our training ground on the day that he arrived. And Jorge Mendes made the comment of, this movie's three years in the making. And that, for me, was just, it's it took him three years to blackmail Gonzalo Guedes to joining Wolves. You, you could see from the moment that he came, he just didn't want to be there. Um, I've got sort of friends who work at the club and... You look at sort of Mateus Nunes, who's got a bigger pedigree than uh, Gonzalo Guedes. From the moment he came in the door, he was saying hello to everyone, whether it was like sort of, um, obviously, the the manager to the the kitchen staff, to the kit men, you could tell that he was like sort of excited to be here, whereas Guedes just just didn't want to be there. And um, going back to sort of the January recruitment, we've brought in players like sort of Craig Dawson, um, Mateus, uh, Mateus Cunha. I think those are two really good signings. get Mateus Cunha fit because that's the only thing that's um, holding him back at the moment. But Craig Dawson, three point three million pound. He, he was in the Europa League team of the season last season. It's it should just where in previous years with Mendes at the helm, we we wouldn't have even sort of approached. Anything to add on that, Christian? Or... No, that's, that's no. Very, I mean, it's, it's,
2: it's, it's very interesting. Like, you know, I think you you're right about Dawson, but it sort of seemed like making amends for letting someone like Cody go for example. Or Bolle, like so was... Yeah, in Bali because it, it does seem like, like, that's the thing with managers, though, isn't it? Like, one manager goes out the door and his rubbish is someone else's gold, for example, and it's, it's always that sort of sliding doors moment at times. Like, I'm pretty sure.
5: Came, sort of, obviously, Bruno Large um, had an okay last season, last season for Wolf. We finished 10th in the end, but we was in the sort of running for top four up until sort of end of February. Um, So, obviously, the summer came, and I feel like, the manager is supposed to be the one at the club. Is he like Sir Alex Ferguson made all the big decisions at uh, Man United back in the day? It felt like this summer, um, the, the ownership of the board decided, right, we're going to let Bruno Large take this club forward. This is what he wants. This is what we're going we're to back him with. He, he wants these players gone. He wants Mateus Nunes. He wants blah, blah, blah. But it just felt like Bruno Large was just out of his depth. And that's why we've, we've had to sort of gamble massively on recruitment in January because... We we can't afford to to get relegated, a bit like a lot of other teams in the battle. We have got ah
3: uh, you've been talking. It does seem like a bit of similarities between our clubs because we also had the George Mendes, um, influence for a couple of seasons. Or I'm not sure if he still has any influence at all. And we you know we signed we signed a lad out to Benfica's academy for 13 million, who we all rated actually on this podcast, but it didn't work out. He ended up going pretty much. As far as I'm aware, on a free transfer or Olympiacos paid a bit of money for him. And I remember we had a Greek player, um, was it Tashidis or something like that? Who apparently, according to an article, just did not want to come to Forest and was basically in tears that he had to come to England. And he never ever played a game, and I think he plays for less in Italy now. Um, last time I had a look, didn't,
5: but didn't you guys have um. To share it, yeah it? he
3: never played for us as well <laughs> ironically he, yeah.
5: he, he had unbelievable talent but another one that just didn't seem to want yeah. to play in
3: yeah it does seem like to be fair that the guy would Talking about Jao Carvalho, it did start quite well for him, but then it, with changing, and that, it just didn't end up working. But we're not going to go down that route again anyway. Um, as I said to you in the intro to you coming on, Dan, this is Wolf's second visit to the City grand this season. But back in October at Molyneux in the reverse fixture, it was a tale of, guess what, yeah, VAR and two penalties, one scored by Ruben Neves and one missed by Brennan Johnson for us seeing you come out as 1-0 winners. That was after a Twitter post from Forrest before the game showing Emmanuel Dennis playing with some wolves pups titled It's Playtime. Yeah, I haven't forgotten about that, leading to Wolf's nice little back one of Playtime's over response after the game, which I did actually quite find quite funny to be honest. I mean, um did you did you see that post before the game and what did you make of it? And and also what did you actually make of that game as a whole? Because I went to the game and I just thought it was Two real poor sides struggling massively
5: at the time. Yeah, it, it was clearly that. Um, in in regards to the post, you just as a sort of uh, opposition team, you, if you ever needed any fuel, it was just print that off and put it on the dressing room wall. Which I think, um, yeah, I think they did, didn't they? I think it was mentioned after the game that Ruben ever's posted in that in like the club's WhatsApp group. Yeah. Um, yeah, awful game. Two teams that were just low on confidence. Forest away from armor the dog shit
3: yeah,
5: sorry that's great no we're great we do I agree got completely different kettle of fish um obviously we just recently sacked Bruno Lodge I think I think we had Steve Davis yeah. in caretaker yeah. manager at the time but like you said two two poor teams um we sort of just brought in Diego Costa because we were just were struggling on goals um Raul Jimenez was uh, crowbarring his way into Mexico's World Cup team at the time, even though he was clearly about 4% fit. It was a bit of a joke situation at the time. Um, Yeah, game was poor. Two two penalty decisions. Still don't understand why Morgan didn't take that penalty for you guys on that day, because it was just, you know, he surely must back himself from any sort of set piece. He's got that good of a a technique. And, um, yeah, obviously Jose saw beat Brennan Johnson at that moment and we took the three points which hopefully will do us well at the end of the season
3: yeah to be fair Johnson is our penalty taker he he has took a few since then he scored against Blackburn um, I'm sure he scored another I'm trying to think of the game can you guys
2: he got one his... Bournemouth but that was before the, the Wolves game yeah right.
3: did he... I'm sure he scored another one after Blackburn oh, obviously did he take one no I'm, I can't he was
2: oh yeah
3: yeah yeah, but um, yeah, I can. So that's obviously why Johnson took it. Um, you know, it was a good, it was a, you know, pretty good height, wanted it for Jose, Sarni and he parried it away annoyingly for us. But, um, I am sorry on this next question because it is a really long introduction, but fast forward a few months and the luck of the draw would see us and Wolves meet at the City Ground in the Carabao Cup quarterfinals. And we took that we took the lead in that game through ex wolves man Willie Bolly, um who I'm sure you guys respected for not celebrating before Raul Jimenez equalised for yourselves. No extra time in the League Cup nowadays, so it was straight to penalties. Surridge and surprisingly Ruben Neves both missing before Froiler Podence, Warrell, and Nunes all scored. Then the chaos started as Morgan gives white just about managed to score his penalty before winding up Wolves' away end by putting his fingers in his ears. Matthias Kuhner then did the exact same, as did Jack Colback before youngster Joseph Harch had his efforts saved by Dean Henderson to see us win the tie. I mean, it sparked wild celebrations for us and a full-on brawl on the pitch after we reached our first semi-final in over 30 years. And um, Both clubs were fined, although Wolves... Slightly more due to this is quoting significantly higher responsibility according to the FA in the instance. So take it away, Dan, and just go through that night as a whole. Uh,
5: tasty. I think it's, I think it's even going to have even more needle with our game next week. Obviously, right. um, in the sort of last sort of three, four, five years that Wolves have been in the Premier League, I don't think I've I've been to as good a home atmosphere as, as you guys have brought on on that night. I feel like without trying to be too disparaging to you guys it feels like the majority of your home games is a bit like a championship team playing a Premier League side in an FA Cup game. It just feels like everyone's at it and the atmosphere sort of carries get gets you over the line in some games and I felt like it that that's what occurred on that night Dean Anderson made some cracking saves in in the first half um not not really fussed just sort of willy-bolly scoring, is, is, is a cracking defender. I feel like it went really, Sarah, but I think that was purely down to Bruno Large being a bit, um, being a bit of trying to be a bit of a dictator, but ended up being a bit of a dick, to be honest. He just <laughs> he caused, he caused that many issues in the dressing room. Standards of this is a quote that standards slipped as a club, we weren't even. Um, fulfilling thorough um medicals of players. Obviously, we signed the German uh, Austrian striker, Sasa Kalicic from Germany. Um, and his ACL went on his debut, and apparently that was because we hadn't carried out a thorough medical of him, even with previous history of ACLs occurring. It's just, it's just really poor for a, a multi-million pound company, ever mind a football club, to be so, so um just rookie about the way they went fit th- about things. Um. Yeah, the game was tasty. We probably should have won it over the ninety minutes. I think. Um, you might disagree. Um, no, I, agree with, <laughs> no, I Morgan, agree with you. No, I agree with you. Morgan Gibbs I got um a, a lot of dogs abuse. Um, some of it probably warranted. A lot of it probably not. But I feel that's just the relationship between him and him and the Wolves fans. Now I've not got any sort of um negativity towards Morgan. Um, good player. He's he's gonna he'll go on to do better things than he would. Wolves and um fortunately for Morgan and you guys, he got the, the upper hand on that on that night. I've I've just tried to find
4: who the referee is out for Saturday and I can't quite find any information, but I'm pretty sure there's gonna be a few bet builders going on for yellow cards because I do expect it to go to be a little bit tasty and feisty, which is I think is good. And I think it works it probably worked for both sides, but maybe as maybe a little bit more, because I do think wolves are the side that are The prettier of the two teams when you look at it on paper. I mean, you've got a lot of Portuguese flair and and that sort of thing, but that's not to say that they can't give it back someone like João Matinho. I expect to stick a boot in here and there. So, it's definitely going to set up for a good game. Would you say that suits you or or not really?
5: I think you look at the sort of the opening, maybe 15 to 20 minutes of the cup game, because the atmosphere was like really intense. I felt like that gave your guys a bit more energy. I think we sort of struggled to get out of our Sort of eighteen to, to thirty yards in in this in that first little period. I felt I felt Wolves really struggled to get into the game, but once we gained control possession wise I just thought like we we dominated the game without really um testing Henderson in in the second half. In the first half, he made a really massive save from wangy Chan. Obviously, a one on one from Raúl Jiménez. Um, I I feel we should have had a penalty for um, Mateus Nunes guys, but I'm sure you'll disagree. Some of you will probably bring up that maybe a Dharma Troy or uh, Renan Lodi in the in the build up, but I'm not I'm not here to flipping talk about that part. Um I I, I thought we should have won the, won the game in the 90. Um Henderson was better than Jose Saw in the penalty shootout. You look at Morgan Gibbs White's penalty in that shootout. José Saw's so gotta be saving it for that, me. That's why he doesn't take them, Dan, because they're shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's the on that time, doesn't it? it doesn't matter where really, it's the net as long as it hits the net.
4: Oh, you did the same yeah. thing in the playoffs that missed, thankfully, oh, for yeah, us. Yeah. So, you know,
3: I mean, that's another similarity, isn't it? Medicals. We we signed a player in the summer, um, Omar Richards from Bayern Munich. And he, after training for a few days, felt some discomfort in his leg. And it um, turned out to be that apparently it broken his leg and it not been picked up on a medical, which didn't go down well, I, I think, with the owner who just splashed. Um, Million Several on million on them, yeah, and he's never he's never <laughs> played like, for us. Oh,
5: more yeah. like oh, hard Richards.
3: <laughs> hey, can you play,
5: yeah, hey, can you be talking about a broken leg and not realise? Well, <laughs>
3: I've I've no idea. Um, he's still never he's still not played for us. Bless him. Um, Forrest were very discreet in that summer because we posted pictures of him training because we was after another left back. Um, so people didn't bump the price up because obviously we didn't have anyone else that left back then. So, um, yeah, um, moving on anyway. But, I mean, I'm not sure how much you have watched this season, Dan, um, overall. But, I mean, what have you made of Forrest? And if you could have one player from us to play for Wolves, I mean, who would you go for?
5: Um, Morgan Gibbs-White. Nah, nah, <laughs> I can't, I can't I say him. I'd have Willie Bolly back. I just... He's a sort of centre-off, I feel like, we've we've missed at times this season. He's, he's big, he's strong, he's experienced. He, he does the basics right, which I think like for the majority of this season, defensively, we haven't done the basics right enough. Um, I still don't think, I, I don't know what Morgan Gibbs-White's best position is. And it's just, it's just never worked in any formation that Wolves have attempted to play him in. Well, the funny
3: thing about bolly is he started off for us and he did look, not fit and he was struggling a little bit, but then once he did get match fit, he was really good. And probably until he got injured annoyingly at Fulham, he was probably our best centre back. Um, and it, it, if he was fit, he would have definitely stayed in the team and he would have he would have been starting Saturday. So um yeah, he definitely them type of defenders, I know like yourselves have got Craig Dawson as you were saying, for a few million and that, when they're really experienced at this level, they can be vital. I'm quite surprised really that Yourselves, I know Lager had his say, didn't you like you said, but I'm quite surprised as well. West Ham actually let Dawson go to a team who's going to be random, unless you read all these reports in the media that West Ham actually don't realise they're in a relegation battle. So,
5: yeah, that's um, the situation with Craig Dawson was he's, he's still got family based in the Midlands, and when he played mm. at West Brom, West Brom yeah, at, yeah, he was, he was intent on moving back north Fair to his family. Um, yeah, West Ham don't seem to be acknowledging how, how deep they're in this situation. <laughs> I think win. a lot of their squad have got their eyes focused on um, the, the Conference League. Yeah, winning that, yeah. They'll, they'll just think they'll somehow just... The points will appear in on, on their tally in the league, which I feel like they're, they're similar to a lot of teams down the bottom. that don't, don't score enough goals. Jared Bowen hasn't really hit the heights this season, has he? No, he's not. That's why, obviously, for, he's not been in the England squad recently. So, following
3: on from that, I mean, who would you say... For those, this is for more our fan base, who who would you say is Wolves' key player? And are there any players you'd expect for this particular game
5: to really excel? I mean, the, the key players that I'd be looking at, obviously Ruben Neves is our is our talisman captain. He's likely to leave at the end of the season. Who he's going to end up at, I, I have no idea at the moment. Um, I think the the main key player, if he starts on on Saturday, will be Mateus Cunha. He he makes us tick on a different level from a, an attacking point of view. He's really good at linking up play. Um and we just we look a completely different team when when he starts games.
3: Um so you said Nunes is available this weekend now. So that so that's been overturned, you said, didn't it? Because I did originally thought did have him suspended. So Johnny's suspended, into not he, for this game. So I mean, how would you expect yourself to line up against us in terms of formation and personnel?
5: I mean, I'd hope he get you guys for a sort of a four-two-two-two formation. Get us quite, quite narrow and building you know, up, patterns and play, in the middle of the pitch. I don't really. It's just not worked with um, Wolves having out and wingers for maybe two, two or three seasons now. Since since Raheem has had that horrific head injury, we just haven't been that side for for out and out wingers. We've got we've got two out and wingers: Pedro Neto and Adama Traore but we just don't get enough bodies in the box to to cause teams problems. So I just want us to be a bit narrowed, like sort of um, Mateus Nunes and uh, Pablo Sarabia, just in behind uh, Mateus Cunha and, and Raul Jimenez on Saturday. Neves and Lamina just in front of the defence to keep us a bit uh, sturdier there.
3: Right, I'm going to hand it over to you, then Adam. Um, I believe you've got a question and a little quiz for I've, us.
4: I've uh, obviously went on your podcast earlier in the season, Dan, and and you did a, a quiz with us, so I've gotten for something similar. So, I've got a game from the 9th of March, 2013. Uh, it was the last time Forest beat Wolves at home in a league game. It was a free one, yeah. Um, and obviously, in turn, I would like people to. That name... was one of the
5: worst away days that I've had in in, in watching Wolves.
3: Well, you you might win this what's, one then. Was your was Dean Saunders your manager then?
5: Yeah. Peter. So basically, um, there was a bit of a Wolves um, old school. I was going to say firm firm gathering that day. <laughs> um, it was it was a twenty year anniversary since a, a massive police operation arrested a load of Wolves football hooligans. Uh, we got into Nottingham City Centre at 10am trying to get into one of your pubs in the city centre, not realising that said pub was not open until 11am. So <laughs> we ended up in the the, the Weatherspoons in the city centre. Um, as soon as um, me and my friends got into this Weatherspoons, the police decided to shut the bar, keep us in that bar for an hour and a half, and then decided to police escort us around Nottingham City Centre past Nottingham not- not- not County's ground. Yep. Um, which is a massive walk, obviously for you guys, you're aware of it, and then we end up getting beat 3-1. <laughs> so yeah, basically... I mean, we well, that... the pub, because the, 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 the police shut the bar as soon as we walked in.
2: Blimey. My <laughs> main memory about Dean Saunders' spell is that when he said that I've got the formula to take Wolves out of his division, and it turned out he did take Man out of the division, just at the wrong age. <laughs>
5: Dean has made a comment along the lines of, the bookies haven't got us favourites to go down, so we'll be okay. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, so um,
4: so in a, in a, in a round robin, I want I want the t- I want everyone to name obviously a player that was featured, whether it's Forrest or Wolves. And Dan, be, you being our guest, you can kick us off. Uh, Matt Doherty. Yeah, and he scored the Wolves goal. So uh, Christian, uh, Henry Lansbury. Henry Lansbury scored. R two got two of our goals. Reese.
3: Yeah, M- got the other.
4: Yeah, so that's that one. That's you, Dan. Um, Danny Bat. No, no daddy bats. Oh.
2: Was um, was Bakery Sacco playing for the Wolves? Yeah, Bakery
4: Sacco was, was that the
2: whole, whole, the, the whole free Sacco campaign that went down well, didn't it? <laughs> yeah, we're, we're, that was with us, wasn't it? Yeah, that's you, done yeah.
4: we've, we've um, Out,
2: Done Out,
3: well, I'm, I'm guessing Simon Cox, maybe. Yeah,
4: Simon Cox yeah. up front. Back to you, Christian.
2: Uh, that was. Did uh, Greg Halford play that day?
4: <laughs> he, he did. He came on. Yeah, he came on as well. Um, now playing his trade for Hashtag United, if, you, if you're interested. Oh, God. <laughs> what a
5: stain Greg Halford is. Every, every He's <laughs> a professional footballer. Keeps me awake at night.
3: <laughs> yeah, I'm guessing you, you enjoyed Roy Keane's comments on him then when he signed in for Sunderland. Um,
5: He's just a long throw merchant. That's it.
3: We actually he played, played him up front. He, he played up yeah, front for a bit he he played for He quite decent. Yeah, <laughs> he, 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 Billy Davis played him up front, and I think he mm. I remember him scoring a few goals for as um Leeds and Bolton, I think he scored. Um was a key goal for Wolves? Yeah, that yeah, yeah. 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 Acknowledge that. Um was Carl Darlow in goal for
4: us. Carl Darlow was player. in goal, yeah. Yeah.
2: Danny Collins? Danny Collins, yeah. Would Elliot Ward have been next to him? Yeah. Blimey.
3: <sighs> trying to think. About this is about as long
4: hard. as I lasted on yours, Dan, I think. Just, God, just went yeah. out first first round.
3: There um, are a few names that I'm thinking of around. Yeah, time, I'm going to try and get some Walsh ones. Did Nua Dico play?
4: No, you're out. No. So, Christian, get one and you won. Uh
2: Did Billy Sharp play? No. No. <laughs> no. Billy <laughs> Sharp was disaster. on the bench but it didn't
4: didn't come on. on he didn't like I'm taking that
2: as half a point. That's so G- Gonzalo, Gonzalo Yara, oh, Chris that's...
4: Cowan, Adeline Gadiora, Mayevsky, Reed, Blackstock and Moosey, and then for Wolves, uh Gorks, Johnson, Stephen Ward, uh, David Edwards, Carl Henry, Jamie O'Hara, Sylvan Ebanks Blake, uh Sigurdarson, David. <laughs> Dumbia and Kevin Doyle, the legend.
2: Christ. That is Kevin Doyle. I mean, you obviously. talk about Greg Alpha seeing a living. How the hell did Jamie O'Hara make it to professional football at Premier League level, honestly? Yeah, and,
4: and now he's spouting bollocks on TalkSport, eh? I th- I <laughs> mimics his he, playing
3: career, that. He says his time at Wolves was an absolute disaster Only he talks TalkSport. Was he, like, just on the piss all the time, I think? So... <laughs>
5: Like I said, just just a stain. Just, just came, <laughs> came with like a massive wage, but I think he turned up to train in like a red Ferrari or a Porsche. Obviously he was married to Danielle Lloyd at the time and mm. just, just did not fit the the ethos of Wolfhampton Wonders, that guy same as Roger Johnson.
3: Right. Finally to round it off with you, Dan. I mean, can I get a are you going to the game on Saturday? Yeah. I am, yeah. Um Safe trip there and back, but that's all the look I'm going to give to you. But can I get a prediction for, for the game from you?
5: The majority I'm talking a high percentage of my away games following Wolves' this season have finished one all, and I'm going on the fence of a one all.
3: Right, that's fair enough. Would you be happy I'm with that? Different. Would you be happy I with that result next week? Mm. Would you be happy with that result? Um, i
5: or Not more particularly. I genuinely feel whatever team wins this game will stay up. Mm.
3: Yeah, well, I mean, we, we've all said it's it, like you said earlier, with our home form. I know we, we've lost that unbeaten run now, but we've been so poor away that we're literally relying on this home form. And we, from our perspective, really do need to win this game because we're sick so without we a win like now.
5: The, both, the defeats, both teams need to get back yeah. on winning. I think momentum's yeah. a massive thing for this game.
3: Yeah, yeah, it's a bit. It's a massive, massive game. Um, right. I'd just like to thank you, mate, for coming on. Really appreciate you coming on. And as I say, safe trip home and safe trip there to the ground and that. And I hope you enjoy your day aside from hopefully not getting a result offers. But um, yeah. Thanks for coming on Dan. Appreciate it.
5: No problem, lads. I mean, I'll be. I'm actually staying over in Nottingham that night. So if we do win, please, Nottingham City, uh, Nottingham City, Nottingham City Forest (laughs) supporters. Please don't knock me out after the game. I'm just trying to enjoy my I'm weekend. sure
3: you'll be getting some handshakes if you do beat from the other side of the trend in Notts County, because um, they're not fans of us. So um, I'm sure there'll be a few of them. Congratulations. Are they still going? Yeah, they're in a massive National League title race with Wrexham, where I think they're both going to get over 100 points, but only one of them is actually going to go up as champions, which is...
5: That's cute. Um, yeah. <laughs> it is cute. It is cute. <laughs>
4: Nice one, Dan. Thank you very much. Yes, mate. On. Thank
3: you.
5: Okay.
3: Right, finally, to round off the pod for this week, it's prediction time for the game we've just covered with Dan from the Wolves Fancast. I mean, as we've said, make no mistake about it, it does have the potential to, to define our season, this result. So, without further ado, let's take it away, guys. Um, Lee has given us a 1-1 prediction, same as Dan. What about
2: yourself, Christian? I'm going to be optimistic. I think we can win one. Nil. I think that you know uh, there is a lot. I know obviously on the face of it, there's a lot of things I say here that could be contradictory, but I'll go for it anyway. Over the last six games, I don't think even the most red-tipped, spectacle Forest fan would say there are three worst teams of Forest in the league over the last six games. Thankfully for us, it's obviously over the course of the season. I think the international breaks come at a great time for us. Um, there are a lot of positives for me. I mean, obviously, even near Carse, going to Senegal. I know a lot of people were worried about that, but the fact he's going out there and getting minutes is good for Forrest. He comes back a bit more sharper and a bit more match fit. That going to be a good thing for us. Now, obviously, we saw Ori A a little bit. Even like players that aren't playing, like, you know, Williams even got run out for Wales, for example. So, you know, it's, it's all good for the club. So, I'm pretty... I'm coming back from a confident mood after the international break. I think a player's... Coming up. Johnson's got a well-earned rest. I mean, Rob Page can fuck off, he's a glorified PE teacher, he can motor we wants. Like, it's a bit better, at this very time I couldn't care less. It benefits us that Johnson didn't go, and that's that. Um, so, yeah, I think we're actually coming into this in a good shape. Obviously, we've got Tyro coming back as well, Kiyate coming back as well. You know, it, It's good. There's a bit of positivity about it. And I think it was something that Lee said in the last part about Newcastle, which actually sort of stuck me a little bit. Like, I know, obviously, the goal was a bit of a gift, but that Newcastle defence to break down has been so, so tough for many, many teams. We found a way to score past them and we'll play much more worse teams uh, defensively than Newcastle at home and away this season. So we have to see confidence from these four things and I think that we will win the game one nil. I think it'll be a physical, hard fought battle. I think they'll I think Adam's right with it earlier, there'll be a lot of yellow cars, the referee will be very busy. Um there could be like a, a, several flare ups, God knows where, but I think we'll come out the other side of a one nil win. And yeah, so I'm going to be positive. I'm going to say that we'll look at the other table. I mean, knowing Forest, like, we will win one nil and everyone else beneath us will still win as well. We'll still be like two points clear, but that's we can only do what we can do, we can only control what we can control. So yeah, I'm going to be positive and say one nil Forest. Nice, Adam.
4: Yeah, I'm in agreement with Christian. It's, I think it could be potentially quite an ugly game in, in some aspects. I think if we can make it ugly, I think that benefits a lot. More to us than it does to Wolves because, like I said to Dan, I do think they're a they're kind of a prettier side with a lot more players who are more technical than us. Maybe although we have got we have got some obviously good ones like like Gibbs White and Dennis and 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 Brennan when when he wants to be. So yeah, I think that's kind of we need to set the tone early uh, in midfield. I think winning that battle is is huge because if we stop the likes of Ruben Neves playing, I think. We we can win the game definitely, and I'm I'm going to go with a a sneaky two-one. I think I think it's like about time Ryan Yates scores potentially a winner, and and the roof goes off the city ground. Not that we've got one, but if we did have one, it would go off. So yeah, two-one. I think
3: take that as well. i um, just looking at the fixtures for this round. So there is. Obviously, the nine teams down there, there is some who actually do play one another, obviously, as cells against Wolves. West Ham play Southampton at the at your London Stadium, as Rock and Chipperfield used to say. Um, Also, Palace played Leicester. So, <laughs> some very interesting fixtures. So, that's six teams. Everton have got Tottenham at home, which I generally hope Conte's gone before them because I could generally see Everton winning that. Uh, Leeds away at Arsenal, so a very tough ass for them, and Bournemouth but, were at home to Fulham.
2: Just so, going back to the Spurs thing with Conte, I mean, surely they're in better hands with Conte than Ryan Mason.
3: It just depends if he's lost the dressing room or not, is I mean, he took a... Mass, that ramp was like... a mass, That was basically like, please fucking sack me Daniel Levy, because I just do not want to Some of the reports
2: are saying that half the players were on board with what he was saying. They were like, mm-hmm. yeah, he's right. They yeah, well, he, he is right, to be <laughs> fair, but
3: Obviously if you're an owner at a club and your manager's come out and says you've been at this club for twenty odd years and you never won fuck or it's gonna give you the to it. So um I, I, yeah. I think
4: I think obviously you've just mentioned some of the fixtures there, Ree, Sorry to jump in before you do a but prediction, I- but I think every week we're going to look at Palace because they play eight of the yeah, eight of everyone, the bottom. Yeah. Eight, eight, well, they play everyone at the bottom. In the last ten games, obviously, has been the last game of the season. Six in a row. Six I mean, right, six in bottom, a row. Right.
3: Next weekend they've got Leeds, for example, Palace, and we play in. Leeds
4: obviously in midweek. Yeah. So... And also
3: that weekend as well, Leicester play Bournemouth, which is also another bottom nine clash. It's so... going to go
4: up and down, isn't it? Every week. Yeah. So yeah, yeah because it's going
3: to be so many teams two months. Yeah, there's there's so many teams. I, I think I said this on the pod. Usually, you get like four teams. So, using one weekend, one or game, and that's probably about it. Not much will happen, but it's literally going to change all the time because everyone's playing one another. Everyone will be taking points off one another, you know. And these games for us, where we've got especially the teams around us at home, we've got to take maximum points. We we can't really afford anything but a win, I'd say, on Saturday, personally, because then you've got two away games coming up where we're really struggling away. You're looking then at Manchester United are going to come to town, which is going to be tough, like Liverpool away is going to be very tough. So we're kind of not picking his games, but as fans, we're kind of picking his games. This is not the players. As, as fans we are kind of picking his games, thinking they're the games we need to get points in. So oh, from, a, from a head point of view, I, I'm going to agree with Lee and Dan. I do think it will be a draw, um, a 1-1 draw. Um, obviously, same as a League Cup game, but which I'm going to go with because that's what I generally think it will be. I, I'm, I mean, fingers crossed, we can get a bloody win because that would be massive for us. Um, and then, obviously, that leads into that game in hand with some confidence as well. Um, Ellen Road would be nice. I mean, you've got to be looking for four points out of the next two, in my opinion, as a minimum. Um so whichever way round we get it, I don't really care to be honest. But um, yeah, there's going to be, as I said earlier, there's going to be plenty of nails um, bitten as we now approach the term from last season of the business end of the season coming up now. thing um, fingers crossed because last last season we came back off the international break and absolutely tanked Blackpool within half an hour it was three a up I believe so. Fingers crossed or something like that again. But that's it for this week's episode of Red Side of Trent. I mean, I hope you've enjoyed it. And if you are heading to the City Ground on Saturday, let's, you know, like Christian and the guys have said last week, let's just put them agendas, et cetera, to one side. Just get behind a bloody team. Get us over a line for what would be a crucial three points. You- You've heard it from Dan himself as an away fan, how important the atmosphere can be at the City Ground. So until next time, take care and thanks for listening as always. And once again, play times about to commence. Just a quick one as well from all of us on this podcast. This is something that we all share and it's something that myself and I'm sure the other guys have noticed as well, is that a lot of people, especially Forest fans, as that's what mostly I do have on my Twitter, um, seeming to struggle a little bit with their mental health at the minute. You know, if you are struggling, um, by all means, message the pod and one of us will reply to you or message somebody on Twitter. You know, use the forest timeline with the hashtag or just to make sure you talk to somebody rather than doing anything silly. Um, there is plenty of options out there. You know, if you also want to talk to someone in conference, this, you know, charities like Mind who will help you. Um, but just make sure you just talk to somebody rather than, you know, doing anything silly. I think that's um, an important message to relay um, to anybody who listens to the pod who might be struggling at this time.
2: This podcast is proud to be part of the Talk Sport
1: Fan Network. Talk Sport. Powered by fans. The Talk Sport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything 24/7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football.
0: Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home advantage with McDelivery. You win. Order now on McDonald's app at participating restaurants. 18 plus serving times. Delivery free. In terms apply. See McDonalds.com.